Thought Fortunes podcast, episode number 28, the playbook for retail real estate sales with Beth Azul. Welcome to another episode of the Thought Fortunes podcast. I am your host, D. Orlando Fortune. This is a show about business and authors. With the growing demand for information, entrepreneurs must learn how to turn their ideas into words on a page that bring in cash and share a unique message. This podcast brings you the strategies, tips, and bars to do just that and do it well using a book. I have a special gift for you, my listeners. You've been listening to the podcast because you're thinking about writing a book. And one of the biggest challenges I hear is, Fortune, I want to write a book, but when I sit down to do it, my brain goes blank. I have all these ideas and poof, they're gone. Well, I've heard you and I have a solution. Now, what if I told you that you could get rid of that anxiety, that you could plan out your entire book in less than an hour? And do it in such a way that when you finally sit down to write the words will just flow out of you, just like they do when you're having a conversation. You could eliminate the nerves because you have a plan. Now, would that help? Your solution is the four brains templates. This strategy uses both sides of the brain, the logical and the creative, to pull out your message and give you prompts that make writing as easy as answering questions. No more stressing out over the blinking cursor on the screen that seems to be mocking you or typing out a bunch of garbage that you eventually delete. Grab your copy of the template at thoughtfortunepress.com forward slash four brains and get your message done right the first time. Now, by this time tomorrow, you'll be amazed at how easy it was to finally get started on becoming a real author. Don't wait any longer because you didn't know how to get started. With this template, you'll finally feel confident that you'll be able to write your book. Remember, you're only one book away from your next business breakthrough. Go to thoughtfortunepress.com forward slash four brains and get the goods Now, never say no for the prospect. That's one of the main ideas for today's conversation. Uh, Betha is going to give some ideas on what that means and how she actually uses it, not just in her business, but also in her everyday life as she talks about a conversation she had with her son's friend. And the idea here is is profound in in a way, but it's something that we may be doing as people in business and that we're trying to approach our sales conversations. And there's some of us who hear this conversation in our head and we stop moving forward. So this never say no for the prospect is a profound idea. And it's actually the title of her first book. Now, another idea to listen for in today's conversation is how Beth is turning her second book into a podcast. Now, the second book she actually uses as a playbook for retail uh, people who are in sales and retail uh, real estate. So she had an idea for how she was going to not only promote the book, 
but also to provide some value to the people that she is serving. These companies that she's going in and teaching on how to do better in sales for their businesses, right? So this this idea here is going to encompass a podcast for the entire year. You want to listen to how she creates not only the strategy for this, but what she's going to cre- how she's going to create the content, a year's worth of content very 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 quickly. All right, another idea to pull out here is wow, she sold seven she pre-sold 700 copies of her books, but she actually lost all of those pre-sales at one point and had to regain pre-order sales and she even got more. So, uh you have to listen to that story. It's a social media strategy that she used. Something that you can use very if you have a book already out, you can still use your strategy. If you have a book coming out, you can use your strategy. It's a phenomenal strategy. It's very very simple. It doesn't take a lot of effort. But what she does, not only did it help her pre-order sales of the books, but she also started getting some other business because of this simple strategy she strategy she uses on social media. Media. The final thing here before I let you get into that today's episode, it relates back to the opening conversation for the interview, and that is about hope, this, this hope community that Beth is a part of, which stands for helping other people every day. Now, this community is about helping people that fall through the cracks, as she says, um, without dealing with the red tape. So she's helping to feed people and get them certain types of care that they need that they otherwise wouldn't be able to get unless they fill out a bunch of paperwork, did a whole bunch of this and that and the other. Well, this community is helping people down there in the Fort Lauderdale area. Um, I, I believe it needs to support. It is a fantastic idea. Um, I'm glad she's a part of it. Now, this is just some of the things that we talked about in the show. Much more to share as Beth breaks down some ideas about sales, how she's using books to help build her her following, and not only that, to train some of her salespeople. Yeah, there's so much stuff packed into this shorter than normal interview. I'm just going to go ahead and shut up right now and let you get to the interview. Awesome. All right. All right, y'all. You know, we know we have another great guest on here, another entrepreneur that's not only sharing uh, her expertise, but man, she just loves what she does. And, uh, you know, I want to get right into this bio. You have a great bio here for uh, first. And then I definitely want to talk to y'all and introduce you to Beth Azor. I hope I pronounced that right. I pronounced it in my head several times <laughs> before we get started. All right, so uh, Beth, affectionately known as the Canvassing Queen, Beth Azor is the founder and owner of Azor Advisory Services, AAS for short, a leading commercial real estate advisory and investment firm based in Southeast Florida. As its principal, Beth currently owns and manages six shopping centers in Florida and travels the country consulting with, brokering deals for, and training associates in the commercial real estate industry. A partial list of Beth's clients include Phillips Edison and Company, Bricksmore Properties, the Shopping Center Group, Urban Edge Development, and DLC Management Group. Prior to founding AAS, Beth was the president of Terranova's Terranova, Florida's largest third-party asset management. That's awesome. Beth also has over 30 years of experience in managing, started when she was about 12, developing, redeveloping, and teaching commercial real estate leasing agents all over the country. She has taken it upon herself 
to guide budding and established retail real estate agents to conquer the market by offering commercial real estate training courses and workshops. Her canvassing workshops are legendary. Now, as a graduate of FSU, Beth currently serves as a foundation trustee and is part chairwoman of the board and founder of the FSU Real Estate Foundation. Beth is also the immediate past president of the board of directors of HOPE Outreach Center in Davie, Florida, and co-founder of 100 Plus Women Who Care in South Florida. She resides in Davie with her two boys, Alex and Mario. Beth, welcome to the show. Is there anything else you want to add? Oh, I think that's plenty, Fortune. Thank you so much. <laughs> awesome, awesome, awesome. Hey, um, quickly, Hope Outreach Center. What is Hope Outreach? So Hope Outreach is a small, very small grassroots not-for-profit in South Florida. Uh, it's in the, the county where Fort Lauderdale resides. And we have an after-school tutoring program for kids. We visit the elderly. We have a food pantry. Basically, we help the families that would fall through the cracks if mm. hope didn't exist. You, you know, there, we don't have a lot of, they do have to fill out um, like an application mm -hmm. and, and we, you know, check their, their, if a family walks in or a, or a mom or a dad or an individual walks in and they need help or they need food, we help them immediately without making them go through a ton of red tape. Mm, awesome. Love that. Love that. Love that. It's just, it's just something about the word hope made me want to ask about it right, off, right up front. So um, we that, start with, the, the founder, the founder, the founder called hope helping other people every day. That was the acronym every that he came up day. with. Okay. Okay. Love that. I love that. I've heard helping other people excel, but I love that every day. Um, wow. I might have to adapt that as part of one of my little sayings here. Go for it. it. <laughs> so Beth, let's get into this first question here. It's a, it's a softball question here. What are you reading now? Let's see. You got a wall of books behind you. <laughs> I have. Yeah, I do. Uh, the two book, the, the one book I've read five times in the last 60 five days is the miracle morning because I'm 65 days into the miracle morning by Excellent. Hel Elrod. And then Excellent. the second book that I'm reading is relentless with, um, Oh my gosh. Tim Grover. Yes. Thank you so much. <laughs> so I'm in I the middle of that book one. Nerd. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I, that's my, we, I have a monthly book club where, mm. Uh, I talk about books and relate them to the commercial real estate business. And uh, I sometimes people, some of my participants read the books, but most don't. I'm kind of like the cliff note girl of the book. But we discuss <laughs> about different concepts in the books and how it can relate to selling. And I just posted on Instagram the other day that, hey, you basketball lovers, you should read this book because he talks a lot about Dwayne Wade and Kobe Bryant and Michael Jordan. And it's, it's my, my sons, when I, when I listen in the car, they normally, you know, say, turn that off, but they like this one because it's, he's so much uh, talks about basketball. Yeah. And he goes into that. Uh, what is it? The dark. Uh, he talks about this. He, talk, it, it's he a talks dark... about the cleaner, the cleaner, the closer and the, uh, the cleaner, the closer. And then a third one that, 
is the worst of all of them, but, but he wants everyone to be a cleaner. Mm-hmm. You know, Michael Jordan was a cleaner. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Yeah, definitely. Great yeah. books. I have both of those um, definitely in the show notes. Uh, so now enough about them. Let's talk about you and your books. So uh, tell, tell TF family, tell us about your business. And of course, more importantly, because you seem like a very passionate woman who loves what you do. Uh, tell us why you do what you do. Sure, sure. So, so my job for your audience, Fortune, is basically for 34 years, I've been in charge of finding tenants to lease vacancies in shopping centers. Mm. And I did it for other people. Now I own six shopping centers on my own account with partners. And I travel the country teaching other leasing agents in big and small companies how to fill vacancies in shopping centers. And I'm sure you realize we have more vacancies in shopping centers than we ever have before. Mm -hmm. So I wrote a book last year uh, called Don't Say No for the Prospect because I would go train these leasing agents. And I'd say, oh, well, let's go walk into this pizza guy. Well, no, he's not going to like my center, blah, blah. Like they, people put limiting beliefs in front of, you know, they create their own obstacles. So my first book was a smaller book. It was only about 136 pages, but it was a ton of stories in my career of how I maybe said no for the prospect on, you know, on my own account. And then realized when I overcame that, that I just called and asked them for, you know, the business that I got the business. So that was, it was mostly a book of stories and examples of why you shouldn't say no for the prospect and just ask them, you know, I I had a story that there was a young man that was staying with us for his senior year. His parents lost their job and they had to transfer to another city and he was going into his senior year in high school. Mm. And I said, well, what's Ryan going to do? Is he going to move and you know, leave his senior year? And his parents said, yeah, well, we're trying to figure that out. I said, well, let him, why don't you let him stay with us? So at dinner one night, Ryan was talking about a young lady that he wanted to ask out, but he was afraid. And I said, well, Ryan, you know, by not asking her, you already got the answer of no, right? And he's like, I guess so. I said, so you might as well ask her. You've got a 50-50 shot. And then the next night at dinner, he said, guess what, Miss Beth? I asked her and she said, yes. I said, see, and I have a, I have a, the, you know, the, those old staple buttons where you would push, the, it says yes on it. I, mm-hmm. I'll send you one. I have one that says, don't say no for the prospect. So, awesome. uh, so he, uh, so, so that was the first book. And the second book, which is literally just came out two weeks ago is, uh, the retail leasing playbook. Mm-hmm. And basically it's the A to Z of how to lease space. So if you are in commercial real estate, whether it's mostly about retail, the retail leasing playbook, so mostly about shopping centers, but if you're leasing industrial or office, you could get a lot of ideas from it. And that's, that one is about 250 pages. That's 69 chapters. And um, if someone's just getting into the real estate business and they, and, and they want to lease space, they could pick up that book and probably propel their career six months faster by having that kind of guide and playbook in their hands. Excellent. 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 And y'all, we have our first bar is definitely, but first I got to say great parenting. I love the the, the added, throw a piece of parenting in there. I love that. Um, As a single father, I love hearing these tips from moms on how they do things like that. I pick them in and take my little notes. Like, Oh, remember that. 
<laughs> but no, what I heard there um, in, 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 your, in your initial story about not about the pizza shop is that we as salespeople, as entrepreneurs are not to start putting words into uh, our ideas, uh, projecting our thoughts onto uh, our prospects. Because sure. that just may not be the case. And I might be denying someone who's looking for the opportunity that, that I was supposed to be giving to them, but I'm denying it to them because I'm projecting. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. We have okay. our negative thoughts in our head and we need to just, we just need to ask, just go for it and ask. They might say no, but you were already at no. So mm. why don't you ask? Mm, you're already at no. So let me, so, so let me, for 30 years, that's a long time to be doing. 30, actually, in now one it's industry. 34. I 34. think that's an old bio. So 34 years. <laughs> so for 34 years, um, how, I mean, what, how, that's, uh, of course, in this this time, this this economy, this age, right, that is almost never going <laughs> to doesn't happen anymore. Exactly. It's, it's a <laughs> so, different generation. Yes, but how, what makes you stay in for 30 years? Um, and, and, not, and not only just stay for 30 years, now you're like, I'm pivoting into, now I'm going to teach other people, which means it, it, you still have some passion for it. So what was it? What, what makes you stay in there? Well, the job itself is great because it has so much variety. So I could be, the, like today we're going to sign the lease with the rotisserie chicken restaurant. Yesterday, we, or this morning, we showed space to a daycare. Hmm. Tomorrow, I have an appointment to show space to a donut ice cream guy. Uh, a month ago, we signed a lease with a battery retailer. So hmm. the, the variety of all of the businesses I get to learn about and all of the different entrepreneurs I get to meet, not to mention the national retailers, I'm building a Starbucks that will be opening December 20th. So I get to learn about corporate real estate, entrepreneurs, mom and pops, like this guy who wants to open this. He actually has one other donut ice cream. It's called Yo Nuts. And you guys should Google Yo Nuts, Y-O-N-U-T-Z. These creations this guy makes is unbelievable. And one of my shopping centers is across from a college, and he's very interested in going there. So you know, I just, that's why I'm passionate about the business is because I get to meet so many different people and learn about so many different businesses. Mm, interesting. That That's fascinating. The whole gamut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That keeps it, it does keep it very, very interesting there. With the different personalities and opportunities. So tell me, because um, I, I got to ask, what is, what is your most interesting, uh, outside of, because you started, you start off with Yo Nuts. I'm sure you've had, whether you they brought them into a space or not, what is the most interesting, I like the words, interesting <laughs> business well, that you've tried to entertain? Let me tell you, I have a story that is, uh, it, it, it just definitely changed my career. So three years into the business, I was very cocky. I was arrogant. I thought, I've been doing this for three years. I know everything. <laughs> and uh, yeah, exactly. And I was about 20. 29, 30 years old. And I get a call from a guy on a crackling phone, which back then, many, many years ago, way before you were born, Fortune, um, I could tell it was on a cell phone. And that was very rare and unique back then. And that should have been clue number one. 
And the guy says, hi, I'm calling. Um, I, I'm driving by your shopping center and I like your end cap space right on the street. How much? And I said, well, what do you want to do? And he goes, oh, I'm going to open up a video store. And I'm on a video store. This space is too big. It's 6,000 square feet. And he says, yeah, that's the size that I want. I said, well, I have, I lease 17 other shopping centers. I have a video store in every one of them. They're all about 1,200 square feet. What could you possibly want to do in 6,000 square feet? He said, oh, I'm going to start a new concept. I'm going to franchise it. And this could be my prototype. And I said, oh, I'm sure you are, sir. Uh, but this space, you know, we have plumbing and electrical in here for a restaurant. My boss wants it to be a restaurant, so I can't help you. And he says, well, do me a favor. I'm so rude. He said, do me a favor. Can you take down my name and number? And if your boss changes his mind, I would really like to see the space and come talk to you guys. And I'm like, okay, what is it? And he says, my name is Wayne Heisinga. And I was so um, arrogant. I didn't even write down the spelling of his last name. I wrote it down phonetically the way I heard it. And then he goes, here's my cell phone number, like all the clues. And I didn't say, well, sir, what do you do now? Because had I said, sir, what do you do now? He would have said, I run waste management, like, you mm -hmm. know, a fortune 100 company. He was the He So I, back then you didn't have a CRM system in sales. You had, you had prospect sheets that went yeah. into an accordion file of a tickler file. So yeah. I wrote down his information and I put it in the back of the tickler file. 12 months later, I pulled the sheet out and I realized that I was speaking to Wayne Heisinga who had founded Blockbuster Video mm -hmm. and then went on to buy the Miami Dolphins, the Florida Panthers and the Miami Marlins. <laughs> so I learned a very big lesson about arrogance and asking questions when you're in sales and not thinking you have all the answers. I just need to ask him one question. Sir, what do you do now that you're starting this new concept? Oh, I run waste management. <laughs> oh, I probably would have leased him. <laughs> mm, mm, that's interesting. Love that. Love that. So here, let me ask this question first as follow up to that, because obviously one of the things that you have to do is, is, is vet the people that call on you um, or, and also to, um, not only the people that you they call on you, but the people that you go to see yourself, right? right. So in that prospect of vetting people, are there some simple ideas that are kind of like universal type of questions that you might need to ask? You're talking about, continue talking about question. I need to ask one simple question. I need to ask this. What would be maybe you're like your, um, your top, top two or three questions that you definitely need to know? Like I have to ask these questions no matter what um, in, order for, in order for me even think to go further with a, with a prospect? Well, they have to have money, right? Because at the very least, um, mm. opening up a business takes money, especially when you're opening a bricks and mortar store in That's a commercial cool. space. Mm. So the, one of the, no matter what they do, whether they want to open a nail salon, whether they want to open a daycare, whether they want to open a restaurant, I say, how, how much does it cost to open your business? Mm. That's a very important question. So like this morning I met with a daycare and I said, how much does it cost you know, to build out your daycare? And he said $800,000. He said $80 a square foot and the space was 10,000 square feet. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, and then the second question is, and do you have that? <laughs> like, mm -hmm. do you have that money? And he said, yes, I have, I have nine corporate owned stores and 16 franchise stores. I have, I have the capital to spend that money. So, you know, I have, I've, I've, about a month ago, I spoke to a woman who wanted to open a brow store where she shaped 
eyebrows. Mm -hmm. And I said, how much does it cost for you to open your eyebrow space? And she said about 20 grand. And I knew that she was wrong immediately because she had to add a bathroom, which was about five grand. Mm -hmm. And she had to add plumbing and electrical. So I knew that 20 grand would have evaporated. She probably needed about 60. Mm -hmm. And I said, and and do you have, so I said, well, that seems a little low to me. Um, You know, where did you get those numbers from? So I tried to dig a little deeper and they said, well, let me just ask you this. Do you have, and she goes apply for a small business loan. So, you know, that's when you start to have some uh, hesitation about moving forward with that person. Mm, interesting. So now with that, follow that up, I, I, I got to ask this question because I know it's difficult. And in, in, initially, uh, when I moved from smaller sales with moving into high ticket sales, you know, there's three, four thousand dollars. No, you're doing 10 times that much with the with the um, commercial properties. But was so, some people make it find it difficult to ask that question about the money. Um, what is it that you could to give to the audience here on building up that courage or uh, a perspective maybe to look at so that they could ask that question confidently because they know they need to ask that question and not peter around the corner? Absolutely. I think that newbies are afraid to ask Mm -hmm. those questions and they say, well, it's, you know, they're afraid because it, people tend to think that money is such a personal thing. And so what I say mm-hmm. to them is role play, role play with your boss, role play with your mentor, role play, role play with your peers and understand that you are representing a property owner that owns, let's say a grocery anchored center that's 20 to $30 million. And you can say, you can, oh, and, and until you gain the confidence, you can blame it on the corporate office or the owner. Right. And you can say, look, my owner requires me to ask, you know, some very important, but personal questions and then go into it. And then you can defer or deflect that. It's not me. You know, you seem like a good guy to me, but I've got to report back. And the ones I would, and then what I tell the, the leasing agents who were afraid and then maybe is to get a deal done because that's if that's how you mission or it's part of your salary and you're not going to get a deal done if you don't have all of the information and when you go to your boss and say oh i think i have a a woman she wants to open a brow store and your boss is going to say great how much does it cost to build out what is she going to do in revenue and you're looking at her going oh i need to go ask Mm -hmm. it's way better to ask that up front and first but understand that you for sure you're going to be nervous you're going to be insecure and practice and role play with with your spouse, your peers, your, your, your colleagues practice it because it does get easier or ask your mentor or your boss, can you come to a meeting with me and show me how you do it? And because I think when, once you start watching people and this, and what I find, and I tell my students this all the time, the serious people, they don't mind answering the questions. They love that you ask Mm -hmm. the ones that really have their act together. The ones that get offended don't have the money. Hmm. <laughs> Bar. Yeah, that's a nice one, right? That was, that was, ooh, that was nice. That is so, so true. When I first got in my, um, get into real estate investing, I, you know, I was going out there with the whole, my head, a head full of ideas. And I'm just like, I'm going to go out here and do it. And I was so afraid to ask for someone to ask me, uh, how was my financing? How was it going to go? Um, even though I was taught to say, 
Um, I, you know, I, I, I can cover it. Like I was taught to do that because I was going to go find the money. But I still had that fear of someone asking me that question. And it finally got to the point where I did that. I like role played with my moms. Uh, I role played with one, some of the people that I was like working, uh, working with when I went out. And we would like practice with each other. And that worked so much better so that when it came time to ask for the money, um, I could confidently say, oh, yeah, we'll have it. we can have it within 30 days. We're good. We'll close them within 30 days, confidently. And be able to say that confidently. So you're absolutely right about it. If I'm serious, right? that's not a question because you want people to know because you already know it's got to go to financing at some point. So we need to know. About exactly. So I love that. I love that. Exactly. That is, a, that is an awesome strategy right there. <laughs> and I love that, that. I love the strategy you gave about deflecting. When I started with, uh, when I was sit down, when we finally got to a point with my, we did Section 8 tenants for our rental properties. Um, and when I got to, uh, when we finally started getting our system down, started getting good tenants, multi, multi, more times than not, <laughs> good tenants, it was a strategy. I would tell the tenants, look, this is probably going to be the last time you see me. If I have to come back to this property, it's a problem. So a mom takes care of this. She's going to make sure everything is good for you. So she's going to be there taking care of you all the time. So anytime you have a, there's a problem, I'm here. So don't, so if she ever has to call me, <laughs> don't be mad at her. Be mad at me. Okay. Right. I'm right. the one that takes all the trouble and I don't want to come back here again. Okay. So take, right. care, of my, exactly. take care of my moms. <laughs> you know? Take that blame away from moms. I'm going to love that. I love that. I love that. Okay. So moving forward, we're talking, let's talk about, talk about the book here. Um, specifically the first book, and then, of course, an understanding a little more about the second book, because I love that you're laying out a playbook for people, especially with you being, I've said several times, being a student. I want to talk about the, that also, the student, the, the academy, the Azor uh, Academy. But uh, as far as the books go, um, can you tell me what, tell the audience what your um, book has done for you, the initial book there, what has done for you since you got it published as far as, um, you know, raising some authority or just helping uh, more understanding, what has that book for you done for your business, Steve? Don't say no for your prospect. We're about halfway through today's show, and I want to give you a quick word from our sponsor uh, before finishing the second half of the interview. Today's show is sponsored by Thought Fortune Press. You probably know that if you're not an authority in your industry, nobody's hearing your message. And you may know that the number one way to build your authority is by authoring a book. What you probably don't know is that you can write the manuscript for your book in less than four hours. I'm D. Arlando Fortune, the lead self-publishing strategist for Thought Fortune Press, where we turn your ideas into a branded book that brings in the cash by sharing your unique message and positioning you as an authority in your industry. If you're an entrepreneur or a speaker who's thinking about already writing or want to publish your next book, but you don't want to write it, or you just want to get help getting it done, your first step is a wealthy author roadmap. This is a call to help us get to the heart of what you do for your customers. Together, we'll determine how a book will help you establish more credibility in your customers' minds and make a bigger impact in their lives, while also, of course, increasing your revenues. 
During the call, we'll walk you through designing your book's outline and its content and create a publishing timeline that fits your goals, even if that means getting it done in as little as 90 days. What makes us different is that we know a book is only the first step into your world. Not only do we help you write the book, but we work with you on creating a signature suite of products, all from your book's one outline. We do all of this using the five phases of our proprietary system, the signature book formula. To get started on your personalized wealthy author roadmap, go to thoughtfortunepress.com and click the gold start here button at the top of the page. Now remember, you're only one book away. So let us at Thought Fortune Press guide you to becoming an author. Go to thoughtfortunepress.com today. Now let's get back to the tips and the other ideas from Beth. I mean, y'all, you, it's been great so far. So I know you're tuned in and you're ready to get back to the rest of the interview. So uh, here it is, second half. Yeah, so I, um, I, before the book, I used to speak a lot. And the reason I wrote the book was because I would be speaking at different conferences and I would get paid a certain amount of money. And then I would come off the dais and the next guy or gal would get up on the stage and they would deliver uh, their speech and they got paid double. Mm. And their only difference, my, my talk was a lot better than theirs, but they had a book. So I'm like, I gotta, I gotta have a book. So that was why I did the book and it absolutely delivered. Mm. My speaking fees have doubled and I get call I get I now get calls to speak. Before I was I worked, you know, I would call the people and I would call my my champions and say, "Hey, I want to speak at this conference. Who do you know?" Mm-hmm. I don't have to do that anymore. Now people call me because of the book. Oh, look at the little swagger attitude. We said, I ain't got to do that. <laughs> I don't I have to do that. it as much. I still do it. I still mm-hmm. do it. Like I do it with newer audiences, but mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. my industry where I used to kind of have to grovel, mm-hmm. you know, with the book, you, you become an expert and an authority, exactly what you said. And they start calling you and you get bigger audiences before maybe can you come to a round table? Can you do a breakout room? Now it's, can you do the main stage? And, mm. and those are paying gigs. Love that. Love that. So speaking in that line of uh, getting on more stages um, and, and getting paid more for the, for being on the stage as opposed to the breakout session. I love that. How that book has helped you with that. So I hope TFP family heard that you've been on these stages. You've been traveling around the country, traveling around your city, getting on stages and you're ready to make it to the big time and stop getting treated like just another another act <laughs> in the show. Start becoming the main focus. It's time to get that book done. Uh, you heard it from Beth right there, and you've heard it from me several times. But no, so Beth, tell us, tell to your family, because uh, yeah, I want to just read it right off of that. What is your best book promotion tip? Because I see you have um, over 10 reviews is already uh, on this book on Amazon. I know you're going to do the same thing, start working on your um, your other book, the latest book. Uh, but so tell us your best book promotion tip so that people know, like, I-, I wrote the book on this. I need to be on the stage. You need to pay me more. Yeah, I um so 
my best tip is the whole social media. So um, just, I do, I post a lot of content, but what I'm doing for this new book is uh, in January, I'm starting the Retail Leasing Playbook podcast. And once Mm -hmm. a week, we're going to do a chapter because I have Mm -hmm. 69 chapters that will get me through the year. Mm -hmm. And we're going to pick one chapter, talk about each chapter, and I'll have, you know, maybe some chapters I'll have guests or some I won't. But that, I believe, is going to be a huge promoter for that specific book. But up till this point, um, I haven't done all of the promotions like what they teach you to do and probably what you teach uh, Mm -hmm. us to do. Uh, That's been probably the weakest part. But of my book launch just because it wasn't about the whole book. It was about, I have the book now pay me more to speak. Got it. So Mm -hmm. um, that makes sense. But, and and then, and when people call and say, or they say, Oh my gosh, I read your book. It was phenomenal. I say, please go do a a review, but not everyone does that. So, (laughs) you know, and I know a friend of mine is, is launching a book and he uh, is sending a hundred books out. I'm one of the people that they're sending a hundred books out three months before the book's available for all of us to read the book and then go post the reviews. I didn't do those things. Um, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It just didn't happen. No, no, no. But, but, but what I'm hearing is that wasn't, it wasn't necessarily your intent to push that book, but now you're learning like, all right, I want to push this next book. You, and and what it still speaks to uh, the first, the first phase we talk about with the signature book formula, which is establishing your intent. What is the intent of your book? And your the initial book was for, as I'm hearing you correctly, it was for you to book higher fees um, and to make it easier for you to get on the stages that you want to get on. And so you wrote the right. book for that, but you still had to build some demand for it. But it was more about. I need this book to do this for me. And now you're like, all right, now I'm going to use this next book to, to actually present myself even on a bigger spectrum, promote it even more. So I love that. And I, and the one thing that I love, I realized that with every author um, is that even if they don't, they don't necessarily like the writing of the book, they get this idea of like, I have published one. I think I need to write another one. <laughs> so is that the same for you? It's like, I think I need another one right now. The, yeah, I, I didn't. So I wanted to write that first book or I wanted to write a book for 14 mm-hmm. years, mm. but I didn't want to sit down and write the book. Like every time <laughs> I thought about sitting down and writing the book, I would get nauseous. And I met a woman who was like in my head. She started mm-hmm. helping me five, six, seven years ago doing some blogs. And I was like, this woman is in my head. So I kept saying, when you're ready, we need to write this book together. So uh, Jill Ratson is my co-author and mm-hmm. she, what I did is I dictated mm-hmm. and, sh- and then she would take that and write chapters. I would have workshops. I would speak. She'd come to my speeches and in four or five months, we, she whipped the book out and I thought this is pretty easy. Now that we've got this formula down, I want to really write the book, which is the one I really wanted to write was the playbook. But mm-hmm. the first one was kind of like the test. Like, are people going to like it? How easy is it? We self-published. It was a very big learning experience. Mm-hmm. Once that was done, I was like, Jill, are you ready? Because I really want to do the one I really wanted to do. The first book, we've sold about 600 copies. Awesome. The second book, we had more. We had 700 pre-orders. Ah, oh, I love it. So, so you got to talk to us about pre-orders. What, was your, what, is, this, what is this pre-order strategy? 
So what we did is it was at the bottom of every of my emails. We, I would do social media. I'd be like in Starbucks and have a picture of, you know, where I would flutter the pages or on Instagram and say, you know, here I'm, I'm at Starbucks editing my book, you know, mm-hmm. pre-order now. Mm. And we would post that and we had on pre-orders blew the first book away. We, we, it was, it was phenomenal. Love it. And about how long was that? What did you, did you do the full 90 day pre-order uh, for, for Amazon or what did you do? I have no idea. Uh, <laughs> I think it was about, I, I, uh, that was, you know, I have a director of operations who helps me, mm-hmm. you know, God love her, Josie. So, but I think we about 90 days out and then mm-hmm. we had, and then we had a, um, like a drop dead date that we missed. So then I think those pre-orders got like, I think originally we had about 300 pre-orders. We missed the delivery date. They all went away. And I was like, oh no. And then we, when we finally got the new date that we delivered, we, we put it out there. The new date is X, Y, Z. And not only, we got all those 300. And like I said, we had 700 before we had the books in hand pre-orders. Love that. Love that. And, and, um, you know, and, and I speak a lot. So I talk about the book, the new book's coming out, when we pick mm. the cover, you know, everything to do, you know, my editing or if Jill was here. When, when I did the audio book for the first book, you know, I took pictures of me in the studio. So I, I have a lot of a big in my industry commercial real I have like a dozen followers on LinkedIn. So, and there, I would say that 90% of them are commercial real estate. So mm. I'm constantly posting stuff and people are like, it's the book. Excellent. I love that. Cause the book coming out. I did. And if I thought, yeah, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. Go ahead. Finish, 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 finish. Oh, one of the other things that I did, which people loved is again, I'm learning this whole, you, you know, you're much younger than me. So, you know, about this, of this boomerang thing with Instagram. And mm-hmm. I, I, when I got the, when I got the mock-up of the book, I took the boomerang and the, just for the, I like boomeranged it through the, the pages, like fluttered it. And mm-hmm. there's some red, there's some red colors, but then I focused on this ch- chapters Mm-hmm. And I just like did like a little cursory overview of just took the camera and like passed it over and it was 69 chapters and, and mm-hmm. they could see the headlines of the chapters and people just went wild. I think after I did that post is when we got the most, I think I got a hundred pre-orders in, a, in the, in an afternoon. See, so I kind love- of get teasing them with the content. I love that. See, so what I so I heard several things there. Definitely some bars that was dropped there, y'all. You got to pay attention to what was shown there. Um, two things I specifically want to pull out of there um, before before I, before I we talk to you about uh, we get into the back end stuff that you're doing for the for your bunch of products right now for your books um, and the and the uh, academy. But what are two things there? The one is engaging or involving uh, or I'm gonna put this. Um, allowing your audience into the production of the book. So they become a part of it. You talked about taking pictures while you was out, uh, out doing, uh, doing the audio portion of it, recording the audio, uh, doing pictures while you're actually highlighting and doing editing, engaging them in that whole 
for production of the book. So they're constantly staying abreast of it. And I'm constantly announcing by the book, by the, by the pre-sale, by the pre-sale. Of course, like you already say in the beginning, don't say, tell them, don't say no to the prospect. Don't put it in their mouth. So give them opportunity to say yes to it. But then the second thing you said there, which is one of the keys that I keep trying to tell, uh, drill into people's mind, you can sell your book or your product or services that you're using the book to help promote based on the content, even if it's just the cover and the and the, the chapter titles. That's what exactly what I heard you say. Your best post was, here's what the content's about. And, and people are like, oh, I love that. I got to go get that right now. So, oh, love it. Thank you for that. I give you a high five, a hard high five for having us in the studio together. <laughs> love that. So, so Beth, let's talk about your uh, briefly talk about your your academy before we move into the fun, the final questions, the fun questions here. Um, as we're coming close to the end of our time together, you have uh, a couple of opportunities that, that you that you offer people for them to get training. Along, of course, to come see you to some see you speak, but also uh, and, and the consulting. But you have the the Azor Academy and you have some trainings. How are you? How how are you doing? How is this book helping you? The second book, of course, helping you to do more of those trainings. And what are those trainings about? So the trainings are, uh, I have mostly the training is how to lease space. So I'll go into headquarters. Um, so I just sent 40, 40 books out to CEOs of leasing companies. I knew you did. So, you know, <laughs> with a little handwritten note and, um, and a lot of them I know. And some of them I don't know, and but a lot of them maybe I did training three or four years ago, and this book is going to prompt them to have me come back, mm, right? So because okay. uh, so I also do local trainings where if there's a smaller company, let's say it's a family-owned company, they own three shopping centers, they're small like me, and their you know son just graduated from college and they want him to start leasing. I do a quarterly training down here in South Florida where I'll do six people. We'll have a classroom for four hours and then we'll go out into the streets and knock on doors. So I capped that at six because you can't, can't, I can't take more than six people around knocking on doors. So <laughs> we have that. I have, um, I'm very big in, in trying to help women overcome their limiting beliefs and start investing mm -hmm. and not sure when this is going to air fortune, but on January 9th, I'm having the commercial real estate investment symposium for women where I'll have eight women up on the, the um, dais talking about the, any investments that they've made, cash flowing investments. And basically the motto of the week of the day will be, if we can do it, so can you. Mm -hmm. So and those are just a few of the things in, that I have with the Azor Academy platform. Okay. Excellent. Excellent. But excellent, I have a hundred videos, a hundred free videos on selling on YouTube. So if, if any of your audience is, is interested in just some selling tips, mm -hmm. you know, it, I talk a lot about real estate, obviously, but they can convert the lesson to mm -hmm. whatever they're selling. Well, I mean, and, and that's definitely kind of your, what you were talking about from the beginning, whether you're taking your, the, the book of the month and you're saying, how do we use this in, in, um, in real estate and commercial real estate. And I right. love that. I didn't, I didn't touch on that, but I love that idea. Cause that's something that I do for myself. And, um, I, I didn't, I don't, I never thought about putting a good group together to try to do the, do that in that 
when you're able to start seeing what you're doing from different angles, then you're able to better explain it. You have a better perspective for yourself. You start simplifying it. And it's easier to, to talk to your prospects from wherever their, whatever the, um, their life angle is coming from or life experience, you're able to draw upon these different things and see how it relates to what you're doing. And you've already been doing it from the books. I love that perspective. I do it myself. I didn't know enough people did it. That's what's awesome. <laughs> to me. Yeah, what we do, we have a book club and it's a conference call mm -hmm. and every, I get about 30 or 40 people live that join the, the call mm -hmm. and then I record it and then I put it on anchor and I have hundreds mm -hmm. of people that download it from anchor hundreds. Love, love anchor.fm. Love me some anchor.fm. <laughs> Excellent. Okay. So the final thing I want to ask you here is just before, uh, before we go into these questions here, um, so just to clarify, you're, as, the current, as far as commercial, are you doing like the larger, big, like shopping, indoor shopping centers or the outdoor shopping centers, or are you doing more to strip centers? So the six that I own, I mm -hmm. have one grocery anchored center and the rest are smaller, like 10 to 20 tenants. So okay. smaller strip centers. Oh, okay. The um, my training, I do malls, indoor malls, big power centers with like Best Buy, Walmart, Ross. Mm -hmm. So I do those when I do my training. But the ones that I own personally are smaller. Okay, excellent, excellent, excellent. I love that. And so, I gotta ask follow up, and I gotta follow up to that. You transition into buying your own properties. And one of the things that when I hear people um, say to real estate agents, I ask them how many properties do they own? Because I still subscribe to what Robert Kiyosaki taught me years ago. It's like, if you own real estate, if you're a real estate investor or agent, you should own properties. So do you say the same thing yourself or did, did that something that you developed over time was like, I need to own my own properties. I'm doing all, make, I'm seeing all this money I'm making for other people. I need a piece of that. <laughs> yeah, my, fir my first, my uh... first, I was 32 when I made my first investment. My mm -hmm. boss had come to me two other times. I didn't have the money. And he mm -hmm. literally took me by the arm to a bank and co-signed a loan for me to invest. Awesome. And he said, he said, you're an idiot for not saving money from all your commissions you're making. Uh, but I'm going to help you get started. I'm going to help jumpstart you. And that was 32. We, we refinanced on that property. Six months later, I paid back the bank. And then I just started from that point on saving money from every commission check so that I was ready to invest when a deal came my way. All right, all you real estate agents out there, you heard it. <laughs> and it, indirectly, we're going to blame it on, <laughs> on Bess, uh, or Bess, uh, uh former broker, which was said, you're an idiot if you're not saving some money <laughs> to buy your own property. I didn't you say are. it. Beth didn't, well, there she goes. <laughs> Grow your wealth. You have Absolutely. the knowledge, right? Mm -hmm. You have the knowledge. So, mm -hmm. you know, you, you great that your clients are doing it, but you're the one that has the knowledge. You need to just every commission. It's a discipline, putting money away into an investment account. So when you see it, an opportunity that you take advantage of it. Excellent. Love it. I thank you so much for, for your responses today, for being here today. As we go into these final questions, more personal here, uh, I want to ask you first off, what is your favorite book? I know what your, obviously your favorite book is right now, but what is your favorite book? Uh, Never Split the Difference with Chris Voss. Ah, it was, yes. It's, it's phenomenal. Negotiating. Ah, yes. Love it. Definitely having that in the show notes. So what is your favorite quote? Uh, God gave you two ears and one mouth. You need to listen twice as much as you speak. 
Mm, like a good mom. Love that. <laughs> Love that. All right, so uh, before I give you um, give you the mic to, to close us out here, um, I want to remind you that we're going to ask you that, you know, what's next for you. Talk a little bit about the symposium coming up. Uh, but I also want to make sure you let the TFP family know how to connect with you. Okay. But before you do that, this is your time. This is your, this is your mic, your camera, your, your, um, your, your audience. Tell the audience what is the message that you must share with the world. Well, I, that you get it to you because uh, it, it does wonders for your self-confidence, your business, your networking, your authority, and it helps so many people because you have a message. So write the book, just do it. And if you struggle because you don't want to write it, then find a co-writer and do what I did and just dictate it, but get the book, get it out of you. Mm, love it. Love it. Thank you for that. So, um, so let the TFP family know how to connect with you or to find you on the so website. Beth so forth. Azor, right? B-E-T-H-A- Z-O-R on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, Anchor. Those are the main platforms I'm on. Excellent. Love it. Love it. Love it. And definitely go out there and uh, grab one, if not both, of Beth's, uh, Beth's books. Um, the most recent one being the Retail Leasing Playbook. We'll have all of those in the show notes. But Beth, I thank you so much for speaking and spending the time with TFP family, being on the show here today and sharing your, your strength, uh, hope, and experience uh, with women and about re commercial real estate. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Thank you so much for having us, Fortune. Absolutely. You've just listened to episode number 28 of the Thought Fortunes podcast with your host, D. Orlando Fortune. That's me, your boy. Now, I want to give thanks to our sound and audio guy, Kyle Binge, and of course, to our creator. Now, do you have any questions or comments? Go ahead and email them to fortune at thoughtfortunepress.com. And if you want to turn your ideas into a money-making branded book that books more speaking engagements and generates more leads, head over to thoughtfortunepress.com forward slash four brains to grab a copy of the four brains template and start mapping out your book. It's so easy. You'll wonder why everyone hasn't written a book. <laughs> That's at thoughtfortunepress.com forward slash four brains. Finally, y'all, if you like the show, do us a favor, like for real, do us a favor, share, like, and join, uh, and join. Take a screenshot and share the episode with the hashtag thoughtfortunespodcast, and then show us how much you like us by giving us five stars and a review on iTunes. Finally, join us every week by subscribing to the podcast so that you don't miss an episode every week it's released. That being said, y'all, you know how we do it. You can be, you can do, you can have anything you want in this world. You can live a life of no doubt, just blessings, and we'll show you how right here. And as always, remember, you're only one book away. God bless. Until next time.